This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, don't forget your lunch. Plus, Biz says there's no whining in karate. Teresa revisits the darkness. And we talk to blogger, author, artist, Pauline Campos about her new memoir, Baby Fat. Woo! Happy (laughs) November! I mean, we've been in November for like two weeks. True. But happy middle of November. Yeah. How are you? Uh, I'm better now than I was a few days ago. (laughs) I'll tell you what happened. My kids started taking turns waking up way too early. Like, it's not that they just got on a weird schedule and started getting up early. It was like a weird fluke would happen each morning in a different way. Like, one of them would, like, wet the bed and be up early, or the other one would, like, just wake up randomly and, like, not be able to go back to sleep. Just weird things happen every day. And I'm not talking, like, because my kids' normal wake-up time is, like, 6.30. I'm not talking, like... 6 or 5.30. I'm talking like 4.40. They were getting up. Oh, yeah. And I know you're familiar with that hour of the morning. Um, (laughs) That's my my special hour. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) But like what happened was and like whatever, uh, kids, kids, whatever. But I because it didn't seem like it made any sense and was like both of them, like every night after this would happen, I was thinking, well, that's the end of that. That was the last horrible (laughs) time that was going to happen. Can't happen again. Yeah. And so <laughs> I wasn't like going to bed earlier than usual or anything like that. I'd be like doing my normal work stuff at night or yeah. staying up watching a show with Jesse, whatever. Right. <laughs> and the next Living morning, your life, just being in like some you time and just being in denial, right. clearly. Oh. And so after like five days and I mean, it was cra- it was weird to yeah, the point like, where I was like, this is like a cruel joke. Like yeah. something is going, you know, and I've I after like five mornings of this, I was and we've talked about this happening before. I was back in my darkest sleep it, deprivation. Yeah. Like newborn baby days of I was it I was dark. Yeah. Like it, and it was um it was all my patience. Like I've felt over the last few months I've gotten like maybe like last six to six to 12 months I've gotten like really good at exercising patience with my kids like really good but like going losing that sleep losing that sleep I was immediately like I had like I would react like I wanted to like physically hit someone or hit something you're like yelling I wanted to scream I wanted to slam doors and throw I mean it was like zero to 60 like it was yeah so and it was so it was so overwhelming yeah. and scary and awful and i just i mean i just felt like shit and like couldn't i just couldn't fi- you know what yeah. i mean and it just it, for one thing it just reminded me you know where <laughs> i've you're been you're living a lie where i've been <laughs> and uh and also it just made me want to give a shout out to those moms oh, yeah. and dads who are out there right now who are in that, like, whatever's going on, your kid's not sleeping. You know, yeah. whatever whatever age they're at, you know, especially those first couple years when some kids are not sleeping well and, you know, you're doing everything you can, but sometimes you go for months yeah. like that. Yeah. And 
So it just made me think of you guys out there who are going through that right now and just the immense love and respect I have for you guys because I think it really makes everything it's hard to be up at those hours but worse than that it's like it's hard to live during the day when you're going through that it is so hard to just be a normal person be normally patient be normally kind be normally kind to yourself right um all of those normal things they're so much harder that maintenance level is so much harder no it really is and it is i think it's one of those great examples of not that it helps, but you aren't alone in that particular moment. Millions of other parents yeah, are like losing their are in the darkness. Yes. as it as it was. Yes. And I mean, we just I'm just coming out of that really horrible run with Ellis where his sleep was getting all fucked up. Uh-huh. And he's still fucking up his nap, and we're trying to sort that out. But on top of him not napping for like two months, uh, we the time really went by. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, he was the bedtime. He would eventually go to sleep, but it was like crazy. It was like you couldn't just put him down. It was one more time saying goodnight to Cable. Oh, right, one more yeah. time with it, and it was like becoming this crazy thing, like a whole drawn out. Yeah, that yeah. felt like oh, if I just do it this one time, whatever. Yeah, he goes to sleep. And then yeah. the other days, where by the time I did close the door, I was like ragey. Yeah, and I, you know, and so. Yeah. And I was thinking about, I had come to this place with that where it was, it was so fucked up. Uh, and it, it wasn't the lack of sleep. It was like a different sleep yeah. rage issue. Yeah. Of like, it's how more do, like your expectations it? yeah. Your expectations are like blown. Yeah. Like you're, it's just like, no, everything you thought you had under control is now broken. Yeah. And I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think the point is it, it has been a long run, longer than... Katie Bell's used to be. Katie Bell would get screwed up for like three weeks, but at the mm-hmm. end of three weeks, it would shift itself back out. Ellis has been totally unpredictable. It has mm-hmm. gone for incredible lengths of time. And I'm going to now ruin it by saying that at least the sleep end at night has gotten back to a simpler okay, put down. And I had this moment when it happened three days consistently in a row of being like, okay, I have to always remember. It doesn't always last forever. It can last a really fucking long time. <laughs> but not forever. But not forever. But not forever. <laughs> so that's our, that should maybe should be a new parenting mantra. Yeah. This is lasting a fucking long time. But, but it won't not, be forever. Not forever. No. Not forever. <laughs> when they're 18, you can send them away. See? Not forever. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. How are you? I'm all right. I'm good. Uh, Speaking of kindness Mm -hmm. um, and being patient with people, uh, I'm sure we are all still uh, sort of discombobulated from the attacks that happened in Paris. Yes. Um, We just want to give a shout out to all of our listeners who are in Paris and those uh, in other parts of the world where this is more of a daily life uh, sort of expectation uh, or fear of violence oh, you mean yeah fear of violence uh, unpre- especially unpredictable violence mm-hmm. is the uh, <laughs> just the like I mean like you just want to like take your child and like sit on them forever and not like I mean I just it's yeah. like so hard uh, I feel like for all of us with or without kids 
I think with kids, it adds this new level of, man, how am I supposed to let my fucking kid out anywhere? Mm-hmm. How can I ever promise that I'm going to be living in a safe place? How can I ever promise that I'm providing the best? You know what I mean? Like, and all of those are things you can't control and you cannot answer. And so just basically, I guess basically we just wanted to say, be kind to yourself, be patient to, with yourself and with those around you. You never know what events like this can bring up for other people, what they may be going through, what it may be reminding them about in their own life. Uh, and you never know how it may affect you. Uh, I remember my mother uh, telling me after September 11th, where my sister and I were in New York, her just repeatedly saying to us, it can always come back and catch you off guard when you think you've come to peace with things like this. Mm-hmm. It can really catch you off guard. So again, don't be surprised if emotions keep flowing. Just be kind to yourself. And as we say, when things horrible things happen in the United States, uh, Teresa and I had a big conversation about this, uh, you know, several years ago. Uh, a lot of with the and it always is brought up when we think about school shootings. And that is if you want to leave your work and go pick your fucking kid up and take him home for the afternoon <laughs> for that one day. Fucking go do it if you can. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like sometimes we get so wrapped up. And I know that's not everybody's. I know everybody's situation is different and like whatever. But I I just feel like we, when our natural instinct tells us to go hug our children and hug our loved ones and take a little time, even if it's just to go visit them and then go back to work or do something extra special that night or do something extra special in the morning or whatever, let yourself do it. And uh, if somebody, if you see a parent wanting to do it, let them. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I, maybe we can't, but I put that out to the universe in hopes that that will work out. Now, speaking of putting things out to the universe, before you go out to the universe, you want to make sure that you've packed a really good lunch because no one wants to be out in the universe without uh, a beautifully prepared lunch and a beautiful lunchbox for your journey out in the universe. Today, we're going to talk about school lunches. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. I cannot fucking believe we've been doing this show for over three years and we have not talked about school lunches. I'm pretty sure we haven't. I'm it's pretty sure we have. somewhere <laughs> back there, in there. Let's talk about being pregnant. We've yeah. never done a show on that. Uh, who knows? Not that what, I recall. Who knows what we've talked about on the show at this <laughs> point in time. Uh, school lunches, though. Yes. This is not going to be one of our deeper conversations. Well, how do you know that? Though? Well, that's true. Sometimes <laughs> our the ones that I think are total... Freebies turn out to be the ones that make me go. I might cry about lunches. Question my deep inner self the most. But you know what? Here's the thing: is the lunches because I've seen this come up on our board. Mm -hmm. Something as stupid Uh as what you send your kid to school with for lunch has been at the heart of many a like parent breakdown of guilt, feeling judged, judging others. Holy shit, guys. It's lunch. Let's talk a little bit about it. And if it's ever made you feel any of those ways, let's just start with this. Teresa? Yeah? Do you make your kids lunch? Because they go to preschool. 
They do. They go they to just preschool. Set this up. Yep. Yours go to preschool. Yep. Do you make they're, their lunch? They're two and four. Yes, I make their lunch. Our preschool actually doesn't offer a school lunch. Oh. Yeah, so I make their lunch every day. Well, there you go. Yeah. What about you? Uh, when Katie Bell was in preschool, I made her lunch. Mm-hmm. And they, they did offer, I think they offered lunch. But if she was like my first kid and my <laughs> senator preschool, yeah. I had to make her lunch. Yeah. My internal guilt clock said I had to make her lunch. Cool. Uh, and now she's in public school. Mm-hmm. And I do still make her lunch, but pizza day is Friday. So I have she has a cafeteria account set up. Mm-hmm. So uh, she eats in the cafeteria. In kindergarten, she ate every Friday. And now I'm first grade. I'm kind of sneaking a few more in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah. it's Wednesday. Looks like they're having chicken nuggets. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You know, and so, uh, you know, or she forgets her lunch. We just have it set up just in case. And eventually, I think we're going to wean off mm-hmm. of the school lunches. Because that's the, my next question is, do you plan, have you thought about how long you're going to make your kids lunch? Because huh. if you're not careful... You could do it for the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, I assume. Well, let me just say one thing really quick about yeah. school inches because the last daycare that Simon was at, they mm-hmm. did offer it. And I actually, this was prior to Simon's picky phase. And I really mm. liked it because he would get like hot food. And yeah. the place that they would get the food from was pretty good, actually. Yeah. He would get stuff like veggie chow mein and he'd get like broccoli and chicken and pasta and like stuff that like I couldn't really prep for him at home and send with him and so it was actually kind of a nice way for him to get some variety at school Um, you know because at that school they didn't offer to like heat things up or refrigerate things right at the current school they will heat things up and refrigerate things so I can't I could send stuff like that do any of you guys think that I prep (laughs) real meals like uh hot meals for my kid to be reheated and eaten at school the next day? No. no. Not barista, guys. No. Like it with great confidence. No, they get yeah. cold sandwiches and a bunch of snacks. Um, nice. So, but I think I'll just keep making their lunches until they're old enough to make their own. Like, that's what uh-huh. I did when I was a kid. Once, once Did I, you ever eat in the cafeteria? We didn't have a cafeteria. You didn't have a cafeteria. I went to, I went to <laughs> Catholic school from fourth grade to seventh grade. And we didn't have a cafeteria that I really? recall. Yeah. Where did you eat lunch? Outside. Oh, you live in California. Yeah. <laughs> we would just have, there was like say. picnic benches outside and you'd sit there. Yeah, and I get Katie Bell School never yeah. eats. Like there's a cafeteria, but yeah. like, no one eats in there. You yeah. all eat outside because yeah. like probably it's fine to yeah. eat outside all the Yeah, I guess I took that for granted. Year. Yeah. Uh, we ate at uh, my growing up, uh, very public school, Alabama. Uh-huh. Uh, I can remember occasionally taking my lunch. I remember having, like, a Star Wars lunchbox, and I can remember having, like, a, you know, a couple other lunchbox things. Uh-huh. I also remember eating a lot of the rectangle pizza uh, uh-huh. and the the spaghetti. Okay. Their spaghetti. I remember eating yeah. a lot and standing in line and giving them my, you know, 75 yeah. cents or whatever, and you were inside. You never ate inside. Oh, okay. So, yeah, okay. So, all right. That's so crazy. And I think I started making my lunch, at least helping to make my lunch, maybe yeah. around fourth grade-ish. Interesting. And I just, and that was, like, my responsibility. I had to make it the night before. My, my parents would have me make it the night before. I will say, the first day I ever made Katie Bell's lunch for school, uh-huh. for preschool, uh-huh. I really had, like a, like, a mom connection moment to like oh, all moms yeah. that came before kind yes. of thing and I thought very much of my mom and I thought and it was probably right around that whole 
crazy bento thing was coming out. Yeah. Like, how cute can that you was make right your kids fucking lunch? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Yeah. But I can so remember making Katie Bell's, like, sandwich to take mm-hmm. and very clearly remembering my mother used to put peanut butter on both sides of the bread and the jelly in the middle Ooh. so it wouldn't get soggy. Oh. That's not a big fucking deal, guys. That's not, like, no. cutting shapes out or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just being smart. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking... That's a nice thing that I should thank my mother for. You know, that she clearly put thought into. That's really nice. Because I know emotionally when I make her lunch, Mm -hmm. I do think of her during the day. Oh, totally. You know, I'm like. Oh, totally. All right, because we also do, as we all know, uh, preschool stuff, I used to give her a love note. That was how we mm-hmm. were able to leave yeah. her at school, and she'd carry it around in her pocket. Well, I started sticking them in her lunchbox. Uh-huh. But now, I use it. Here's a little tip. Maybe we'll get into some tips of lunches. But okay. what I do is in my sandwich Tupperware container, you know, they swing those fucking lunchboxes around all day. So I know that when she opens it up, everything's gone to shit in the small Tupperware container. Uh-huh. So I use uh, the paper towel to add, it's like packing yeah. a package together. Yeah, yeah. Just so that the sandwich doesn't, doesn't get flop around, flop around yep. as much. Yep. Right? Anyway. I I just want to, yeah. before we get away from it, I want to just comment on your point about thinking about her throughout the day when you're making the lunch. Yeah. I don't really enjoy making the lunch. It's like an extra thing <laughs> yeah. to do. But I do really feel like when I'm making the lunch, I'm really thinking about my kids. Yeah. Like, okay, when is he going to eat this? And is is he going to feel like having this after that? Is he going to want this right. with that? Does he have enough of this kind of thing? <laughs> like, and definitely there's something nice about sending your kid to school with like food that you picked out for them. Like right. I think especially when they're really little and they're like with Oscar, when he was like just starting school, I was like, he loves peanut butter and jelly sandwiches yeah. so much. And so when he goes to preschool, I mean, I know it's just for me mainly, right. but like the feeling that I can like comfort him with food that I know he likes right. while he's far away from me is like a really good feeling. It is. It is. And I wonder, I will say for the days that I send her off to the cold, harsh cafeteria <laughs> for her cafeteria pizza, I also think of her. Oh, uh, totally. I mean, you know what I mean? No, like, you're, I and do. you're thinking of, oh, she's going to be so happy yeah, having like, the, pe- is, yeah, the special pizza, pizza day. day. Yeah. But, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I know that as she gets older uh, and I stop making the lunch, because I, I can't imagine making two fucking lunches. God, being a parent involves so much cooking for people. It really does. All the time. Never ending. And, they, uh, and I don't even cook, and I feel like I'm cooking yeah. for people all day long. Oh, I have just given up <laughs> on cooking. Who wants spaghetti again, guys? <laughs> Your father's out of town. Spaghetti night. Yeah. So in no way does. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't mean it to say that if you don't like that if you do the cafeteria <laughs> lunch, you're not like loving your child. I'm just saying. What I was get out of the car. No. Kid. What I was gonna. The only reason I wanted to point that no, out was I just am. because that is like the one silver lining to me about the bullshit that is packing a lunch, which is such a pain in the ass. Like it's like right. the one flip side that like I actually do kind of like. Well, and I think and I think it's also important to say just because. It is a nice, yeah, it's a nice moment yeah. involved in that yeah. whole fucking process. Yeah. Um, okay. The bento experience. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know what bento is, mm-hmm. it is the art of yeah. making art out of your, in particular, lunches. Uh, and I believe it started in Japan. Yeah. And it's fucking gorgeous, guys. It's beautiful. It's like, it is 
It is crazy. It's like, why would you even want to eat this food? And it's like almost <laughs> become a, like a super competitive thing. Like, so kids go to school and they open yeah. up their lunch and it's like, did you see? Yeah. I'm going to eat my like turtle and I'm going to yeah. eat my like, it's a minion, like whatever. Yeah. It's like this beautiful flower. Not actually a turtle, guys. Not a real turtle. turtle. I don't think. I don't think so. No, it's like a yeah. sandwich. Right. It's like, like things that are shaped and folded and. And I used to feel the bento pressure. Tied up in a beautiful bow. Yeah. And I wanted all these to things. do the bento thing. Yeah. I knew I was never going to do the bento thing but i definitely especially in the crazy first child preschool uh-huh. years yeah of abandoning my child to the school system yeah get ready to be in school for the next 18 years of your life get out of the car um i was like i should make it cute look i mean how hard could that be i should make yeah. it and then i see the kids swinging their lunch boxes around yeah and i started to call bullshit on the whole bento thing what uh-huh. i want to see is a website of japanese lunches where the mom says <laughs> this is what the bento looks like <laughs> as they leave the house and then when the kid opens yeah it, what it actually what it actually like looks point. like because That's i guarantee amazing. you it could not possibly look yeah like that. We We're, should all just send our kids with things that do better being mixed up, like smoothies yes. or like salad dressing, <laughs> like things that need to be like shaken. Shaken really well, yeah. It's like one of those salads McDonald's came up with. We pull salad yeah. in a cup. Yeah. Um, all right. But so so I'm going to be honest mm-hmm. with, I mean, I'm, at first I'm going to share the things that I do during Katie Bell's lunches okay. to make it sound like I'm this amazing parent. Oh, you! I'm sure you make a very nice lunch for and her. And then Come I'm going to share what is in her lunchbox every single day. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't do this as much now, but back then, cookie cutters, guys. Oh, I yeah. just am cutting the crust off her sandwich for anyway. Yeah. So why not fucking use a giant heart cookie cutter from the dollar store? That's cute. Boom. It's a heart. That's very cute. Uh, I did order off of uh, Amazon. It was like a little set of like, it may have even been under the word bento or whatever, but it's basically like very small metal cookie cutters in the shapes of flowers. Uh-huh. So I could like cut up the whole sandwich into a bunch of flowers and let those get all jumbled up in a box. Yeah. Um, and between the sandwich and the side of the Tupperware container, because there's uh-huh. always like an inch, Yeah. I put a, you know, I love my cupcake liners. Uh-huh. It's like a cupcake liner, and that's where I put like tomatoes or chips or whatever, and it keeps the box from shuffling around. Cool. That's it. <laughs> oh, that's really nice. It's I like, like a that little stuff. treat. Yeah. So, like on Valentine's Day, for example, I might have different uh, cupcake liners that go in the box, like for holidays, yeah. or you know, or if I'm at Michael's and I'm going through their like dollar bin and they've got like special toothpicks. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I might stick a one in a strawberry and stick it in the box. Mm-hmm. But that's that's about it. And I do, I will say, and we'll talk a little bit about this. Uh, my goal with the lunch is I, this is where I shove a lot of veggies in and stuff like that. Mm. Like there's always like a vegetable, like mm-hmm. cucumbers mm-hmm. cut up. Katie Bell doesn't eat cheese. Mm. So I can't send her to school with cheese sticks or pro. Like the, she has to have like that protein come from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Avocados. I just send her with a spoon and she scoops it out herself. That's nice. Yeah. So you can leave the pit in it. I cut it yeah. in half. Close it back to get loosen yeah. up the pit. Close it. Stick it in a Tupperware container, and she just scoops it. Oh, right. She's old I enough to do that her. now. She's I old enough to do right that now. now, right? That's really yeah. awesome. You can also yeah. scoop out a kiwi, right? Sure. Like with yeah. And I just use like grapefruit spoons yeah. that we have laying around. Yeah. And then like a pudding. Yeah. Like, she has a lot of kids. She comes back yeah. with a lot of the like 
I've got such a such. So and so has such and such. So and so has such and yeah. such. They do see what the other friends have. And like, like yeah. she doesn't get like. So I'm trying to be like, I don't fucking give a shit. I went to school with little Debbie cakes in my lunchbox well, every fucking day. I want to say something about yeah. this. Is that okay if I yeah, jump in? Please. I know you're like describing the stuff, but I just want to jump in and say, I think that. I always put in something like yogurt covered raisins yeah, or like, oh yeah, you know, just, biggies, you yeah. know, something it's like it basically lunchtime in our in our house is the, the lunchtime at school yeah. is going to be stuff that I know my children will eat and yeah. enjoy. Yeah, it's like here. it's like stuff that I don't have to wonder, are they going to like this? It's not stuff they're trying for the first time. Right. It's going to it's all stuff that I'm pretty sure if they're hungry, they're going to eat, eat it. Right. Because there's no point in packing a bunch of stuff that they're not going to eat. Right. It's not the time and, to introduce sushi. Yeah. And <laughs> I know that they're going to be I know they're going to be active throughout yeah. the day when they're at school. I know they're going to be hungry and right. I don't really want to deal with like wondering if they're eating you know right. like oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. want to know they're getting some calories yeah you know what I mean and like for that you know I try to do like a balance of things um yeah. there's always I don't we don't do a lot of veggies because they tend to come back home like right. untouched but I always do at least one fruit sometimes yeah. two um and I try to do like some cheese and the peanut butter you know like different yeah. like you know, round it out. But there's always going to be like applesauce. There's yeah. always going to be just what I mean, yogurt, you know, yeah. like um, there's always going to be things that that like probably have more sugar in them that is like ideal for a four year old. Right. But it's fine. Like they oh, just yeah. need it to eat some matter. food. They need to eat some food. Yeah. Which is why I would say every once in a while I have the twinge of guilt of the fact that since preschool, uh-huh. uh, we're now in our fourth year lunches mm-hmm. that like 98% of those lunches, and I'm not exaggerating, is a salami sandwich. It's two pieces of white bread and three or four pieces of salami. And at first it was like, okay. And then I'm like, there days where I'm like, that's a lot of fucking salami, isn't yeah. it? Isn't that a lot of salami? Yeah. And then she like started to make up this, her own sandwich, the Katie Bell special, which was a salami sandwich with some slices of cucumber on it. So that made me feel less guilty. Mm-hmm. There's no like dress. She doesn't like mayonnaise. She doesn't like mustard. She doesn't mm-hmm. like anything. It's just fucking salami mm-hmm. in a bread vehicle yep. that she's eating. And but does I she do- eat it? Oh, every bite. Every day. She yep. could eat 20 salami sandwiches yep. a day. And on top yep. of that, I was feeding her like at breakfast, you know, cut up sausage, you know, like he'll try her on sausage yeah. and shit. That kid is made of fucking salami. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> my, my my mom guilty, but like I can't send her, we no longer can do peanut butter and jelly because oh, we got a kid in our class oh, yeah. who's got like a severe, yeah, yeah. deadly allergy. So like fine. Right. No fucking peanut and I know a lot of schools d- don't even allow, don't it. allow yeah. it anyway. Yeah. But um, so we don't, we can, that's no longer the option. And I am like, yeah. so this year I started freaking out a little bit and I was like, I cannot send her every day. So I actually started <laughs> looking up things I could stick in a thermos. We got a thermos last oh, year. Oh, nice. So soups are good. That stays yeah. hot. Thermos is great. Yeah. Then I went on Pinterest like a fool. You can put chicken nuggets because they'll stay warm because oh, they're in a yeah. fucking thermos. Interesting. Whoa. Yeah. You know, she likes pasta. I throw spaghetti in there. It's like nice. just as long to make a sandwich as putting water on the boil and walking away. Yeah. And making pasta, like, because I always have frozen pasta sauce. Yeah. So we sometimes try and mix it up. I, I go like once every four months. I'm like, this is the week I'm sending yeah. her with like spaghetti. Yeah. And then I'm going to send her with like, you yeah. know, uh, a pasta with vegetables yeah. and a little garlic sauce. Yeah. And then and the next three months, it's salami sandwiches yeah. every day. And I do feel a little shitty about yeah. the sh- super shitty salami. I mean, it's salami, yeah. guys. I know. It's not. 
It's not the best. I know. You can get the un the stuff that doesn't have added nitrates and nitrites. <laughs> I you were which is say, like the one with less assholes in it. No, <laughs> no I mean I, it is, I I'm right there with you. And again, it all comes back to like I just want my kid to eat something during it's a the good day. Attitude. You know, it's, it's that's hard. really good because you can the, the rest of us yeah. to get wrapped up in the like are there enough healthy things? Are yeah. there enough like yeah. you know? And and I want to end on like the pressure and the guilt because it really is a thing. I yeah. think your kid comes home and tells you some, so-and-so has got such and such in their lunchbox and usually it's the garbage. Right. I want the garbage that my friend has yeah. in her lunch, yeah. right? But you can have, you can run into that parent at the preschool pickup or you run into the parent. You're either, you can fall into these categories of I'm the parent who feels like shit because I don't send my kid to school with lunch, right? Yeah. Well, fuck them. You're yeah. fine. Yeah. Don't send your get. It's fine. They're getting. Well, are they getting, getting better fed? food? Yeah, yeah. that's great. my whole point. Yeah. Are they getting fucking fed? Yeah. Great. Yeah, you've done a good you job. Did you, you did it. it. Yeah, you're probably getting better than my salami sandwich. Yeah, and you're spending like way less time on it. So and that's like a money. life hack. Well, I know. You know? <laughs> it's so much yeah. a better thing. Um, you're actually spending time with your child during that ten minute window while I'm yeah. like this. I'm making a sandwich. Yeah. Play I can't play brother. right now. I have to make your lunches. Oh, you're horrible. It's going to take me 17 hours. <laughs> There's also the, oh my God, that's what your kid's lunch is? Yeah. I'm not working hard enough. I know. Right? Yeah. Uh, Sometimes people post pictures online yeah. too. And I go, like, for real? That's a lot of oh, work. Okay. Right? So, and then you can also feel guilty for just making a fucking great lunch. You know what I mean? For, like, being that mom who can fucking sure. nail it, right? Yeah. Like, so I just wanted to say, have you had any of these moments? Well, um, I had this experience recently <laughs> where I picked up Simon from school and he came home with a note that he had written to me, which one oh. of his teachers actually <laughs> wrote. And um, I think I have a picture of the note, which oh. I will post online. God, I hope um, you do. Uh, if I still have it, I will totally post it. Um, and it basically was like, Dear Mommy, <gasps> I am really wanting you to pack me. And he just named like, uh, you know, 10 or 15 different types of like foods that right. he would want to add because I'm really hungry. And like, basically, he it didn't say like, I don't have enough food, but it was basically like, <laughs> Please send more food when you send me to school. And um, so they're teaching your children how to write passive aggressive notes right. home. Ugh. Yeah. No. And so I, I mean, I love his teachers. And right. like, I'm sure like it was all written An with like exercise. a good attitude, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but like his teachers did mention to me, like, I think maybe, oh, it says, I think Simon may be going through a growth spurt right. because he keeps asking yeah. for more food. And I think that was like a nice way of putting it. But he may have been going through a growth spurt, but like whatever it was, I just needed to amp it. Up. Like Basically, it wasn't the same amount of food from last year. He needed more this year. Your Something salami like that. sandwich wasn't enough. You weren't sending your child to school yeah. enough food. Right. So, anyways, <laughs> I I didn't like. I was a little bit like, oh my god, really? And so I took a picture and I sent it to my sister, who is a K one teacher. Yeah. And I was like, mom fail or whatever. Right. And she was like, just so you know, I've written hundreds of those. Just like FYI, it's completely not a big deal. Like I've, she was like, that is just such a common thing. Is, well, it's, it's hard come up to millions of times in my career. And I was like. Oh, that's cool. That makes me feel better. But like it does kind of because the thing is, is that a lot of times the kids lunchboxes come home empty because they throw everything does, away. 
way. Well, they don't cool. at our school. They um, send stuff home if they don't finish it. Mm. But like, if it comes home empty, I just assume, oh, great, they ate all their food. Right. They liked their whole lunch and they ate all their food. But actually, I think what it might mean is they might have been still hungry and right. I didn't send enough food. So obviously, ever since then, I've been like overpacking because I'm like, fine, if he comes home with food, that's better than like right. him going hungry. Um, so yeah, I. That, that's pretty. That that's was, a pretty rotten. That feeling. was special. It was a special moment. Yeah, I feel like it is. It just is amazing to me how much can come out of the simple thing of lunch for your kid. Mm-hmm. And clearly, in the grand scheme of life, everyone, mm-hmm. we need to be giving ourselves a bit of a break on yeah. what we're sending our kids to school with. Yeah, or without. Yeah. Right? Like, it's everybody's doing a good job, and in no way is the lunch you are preparing or paying for a reflection of how much you love your child or the fact that your child will still be a Rhodes Scholar. Yes. (laughs) Fine. You're all doing a good job. Yes. Enjoy your salami sandwiches. I'm Allegra Ringo, a dog owner. And I am Renee Culvert, a dog wanter. And together, we're the hosts of Can I Pet Your Dog, a podcast for unapologetic dog lovers. So let's talk about this. What are you getting yourself into? What is this podcast about? Well, we have dog news, dog experts, and interviews with special guests about their dogs. We also talk about dogs that we met this week. Join us every Tuesday on MaximumFun.org for new episodes of Can I Pet Your Dog? Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Teresa, genius fail time. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. We went and got flu shots, the whole (laughs) family. I think that counts as a genius moment because we are going into the flu season. That's pretty good. With all of the necessary... Everybody's in Whatever it is. Yeah. Stuff. I got to do that. Do it. Good job. I moved a wooden play kitchen that we had outside on the front porch of our house. Mm. Uh, I cleaned it off this weekend, and I moved it inside for Ellis into our kitchen. We don't have, like, a ton of room, Mm -hmm. but it's a pretty—it only sticks out, like, a little less than a foot, Mm -hmm. so it's not— too bad traffic-wise. I did this over the weekend, and he is, like, super into cooking in the cool. kitchen while I'm cooking in the kitchen. Nice. And, you know, it's one of those freebies as yeah. a genius, but I—it's really cute. That's so great. I feel good about That's it. That's awesome. Feel good. Good job. Thank you. Uh, I have three daughters, but this is about the six-year-old and the three-year-old. So my six-year-old just uh, started first grade, 
and she's outgrown her, her tennis shoes, her PE shoes from last year, so we knew we had to go shoe shopping. Um, so we got to try it on everybody's shoes and discovered that the three-year-old has also outgrown most of her shoes. And so then we were faced with a conundrum where when we go shoe shopping, the three-year-old wants shoes too, but she has all of our six-year-old's hand-me-down shoes. They, they're all still fine. They, they are in a variety of sizes. Usually they fit. And so we don't really want to buy her more shoes that she will inevitably outgrow in just a couple of months when we already have a whole bunch. So my genius moment, instead of getting all the way to the shoe store and then having to buy shoes or risk a temper tantrum, I got out all of the six-year-old's old shoes from when she was three and put them in boxes. And I set them up on the coffee table, and I said, we're going to play shoe shop. And I sat my three-year-old down, and I explained, we need to buy Sissy more shoes, but, but you have all of these shoes that might fit you, so we're not buying you shoes at the store. So we're going to go shoe shopping right here at home. So we pulled up her little chair, and she sat down, and she picked out which of the shoes she wanted to try on, and we tried on all of the shoes, and we identified which ones fit her and which ones didn't, and we pretended we were going to buy the ones that fit her, and then we went and put them in the shoe bin, all very excited, and every time the six-year-old wanted to participate, we reminded her that we were buying her shoes later. <laughs> right now, we were buying the three-year-old shoes, and so we went through this whole this whole thing, playing shoe store, and all her shoes in the bin, and then we said, okay, now we're going to go out and buy Sissy her shoes. Remember, you're not getting any shoes. You just got a bunch of new shoes. Why don't you put on one of your new pairs of shoes so that we can go to the store? And it totally worked. We got to the shoe store. We got shoes for our six-year-old. The three-year-old never complained. She did not say a single thing about it. She was happy to help Sissy try on shoes and run around in the shoe store and did not ask me once for to try on her own shoes. She had already done that. So, genius moment. And let's hope it still works in six months when they all need issues again. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. That is so good. It's so good. And, you know, it's, it, I think it actually is such a great example of genius moments. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of thinking. And you did it. And it was like a big, it was a big thing to solve a problem that you know is going to happen. Yeah. And I, I it's just so good, and you totally deserve a, like, oh, my God, that's fucking genius. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, it had, like, a really big payoff, I Had a really like. big, yeah, yeah, that's definitely one at, like, a cocktail party. If you decided yeah. to share that story, people would be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at this cocktail party, we are thoroughly impressed. Yes. Good job. Good job. Failures. Teresa... I look forward to your failures every week. Fail, 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 fail! You suck. Okay, so I've often talked about my kids hitting their heads, falling (laughs) and hitting their heads. Uh, But this is a new one, because this time it was my fault. Hey! Um, And it was two in a row. So last night... um, Simon was refusing to go use the potty, which sometimes happens, maybe about once a day. Mm-hmm. I have to physically help him go to use the bathroom when I know that he needs right. to use the bathroom. Definitely 100% needs to use the bathroom. Um, and I was carrying him, and I was not, FYI, totally not being an asshole. I was just physically carrying him. Right. I was perfectly calm. I just had to physically do it. But I was walking maybe a little too fast, and I just didn't. 
it just didn't calculate spatially correctly and totally slammed his head into the door jam of the bathroom as I was carrying him into the bathroom. And, of course, that did not help the situation at all. I mean, he doesn't even have a bruise. It's okay, but it it felt horrible. Horrible. I mean, it it was like a slam into the... I mean, slammed my kid's head into the wall. It was horrible. Right. This morning, (laughs) we're going out to the car to take him to school, and he really wants to open the door to his side of the car where he gets in, which he can't really do yet. It's too hard for him to do, but he really wants to. And I think he's been successful like two times. And so he still really wants to try. But he wasn't able to do it. And I'm letting him do it. I'm giving him a chance. I'm just getting my stuff organized. I'm locking the gate. I'm doing whatever. But then it just becomes clear that he's not able to do it. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, do you want help? I say absentmindedly. And he's like, yeah. And so I just come over and pop it open and just hit him right in the face <laughs> with it. Like, I just didn't think about the fact that he's stand- still standing right in front of the door. And I just pull it open yeah. and hit him in the face. Nice. You're a great mother. This was like less than, tw- this was like a 12-hour span. Okay? <laughs> I'll make you some child. extra salami sandwiches. Simon. I know. Aww. I know. That's awful. Yeah, it was I'm sorry. That, ridiculous. That doesn't make you feel good. No. No. Uh, okay. So Katie Bell announces out of the blue that she's apparently there's going to be testing for the next belt level at karate. She's going to get cool. she can test for her first Great. belt, yellow yeah. belt. And she's like, I'm like, what? Uh, I didn't know this. So yeah. we we figure out that it's actually accurate. This yeah. is actually happening. Yeah. And she's like, I'm scared. I don't want to do it. She like. Very overdramatically, in my opinion. You can smell where this fail is going. <laughs> uh, and upset about, like, she just can't stop complaining about how she doesn't want to take the test and she's really nervous. And here's the thing. She's totally ready to take this test. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really have discovered that I have zero tolerance for the non-can-do attitude. Oh, yeah. I want my children to be as... We can fix it, uh-huh. as I am. Yeah. Right? And I am sure I was not like that as a kid either. But, like, it it tweaks me out yeah. fast. But, like, like I by can't, the third, I can't. Yeah. I am like, you know, Katie Bell, you absolutely are capable of doing this. Uh-huh. And I appreciate that it is scary, but it is fear that makes us stronger. Like, <laughs> oh my God, like, and, like, it got so bad that I eventually said to Stefan, I'm going to need you to actually handle this. She yeah. can do this test. Yeah. And she should do this test. And I can't talk to her about it because uh-huh. it's making me angry. Uh-huh. And I'm saying horrible things to her that could scar her for life. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Stefan stepped in and, like, got her, you know, encouraged her in a more productive way. Uh-huh. I called my mother and I was like, what is wrong with me? My mother could not stop laughing. She said, <laughs> she said when you... Start getting worse than me. When you outdo me, Elizabeth. That's when I can't believe it. Anyway, so I'm very proud of my daughter, but I'm not so proud of myself. Oh. I know. My two-year-old is a little bit of an intense child at bedtime. <laughs> so instead of matching her intensity, I chose to be the Zen mother and just calmly wait for her to come to me when she wanted to brush her teeth and calmly sit when she's having her screaming for more milk. And this was fine. And I got my five-month-old down in the same room as her, and she stayed asleep just fine. But the two-year-old proceeded to 
throw a picture frame, break the glass, knock over her nightstand, brought a chair over to the crib to climb into the crib, and to top it all off, she did something in her toddler bed, and my husband walks in there from his nap before he goes to a soccer game because he works all night and watches the kids all day, and she has a bloody nose. So, my Zen mother reaction of just not getting frustrated, yelling, threatening things completely did not work. And it ended up with glass in my baby's bedroom and a bloody nose to boot. So, there you go. Good job, Mom. Well, that is what you get for trying to be patient and mellow with your children. <laughs> Lesson learned, Mom. Aww. Next, I, I have a feeling that no matter what your approach was, yeah. uh, that, that was may a, have just been as a mother. That was a steam engine. Yeah, as a mother of an intense child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, yeah. Yeah. If again, it, the real the real lesson is. If it made you feel any better to stay zen, given that no matter what you did, yeah. your kid was still going to be batshit crazy, yeah. uh, then you actually made a really great decision. Yeah. Right? So you could look at it that way. Yeah. Or you could probably look at it the way that you feel. <laughs> and, your, we'll, yeah. and we'll back you up. You're yeah. horrible mother. How dare, how dare you? <laughs> dare you. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love Teresa, yes, let's call a mom. Great. This week, we are calling Pauline Campos of the blog Aspiring Mama and author of the new memoir, Baby Fat, Adventures in Motherhood, Muffin Tops, and Trying to Stay Sane. She also writes Latina Magazine's Love, Advice, and Relationship column. She's appeared on NPR's Latino USA and is a photographer, artist, speaker, body image activist, mental health activist, and, as she describes herself, and I really like this, generally gets stabby when she runs out of reasons to raise hell. Welcome, Pauline. Hi. Hello. I sound really awesome in third person. I love this. I know. Is it? We all sound pretty good. We, we should... I know. I'm always like, describe me some more. <laughs> I know. I like to. I, I want to meet me. I know. We all we look better on paper, everybody, which is good. Thank goodness we live in an age where everything is on screen now. Um, I know. <laughs> we are all actually that great, by the way. Yeah, we just we don't see ourselves that way. I'm going to start yeah. seeing yeah. myself that way. Yeah. All of these things are true yes. about Pauline. They are all true yeah. about Pauline. Yeah. I'm not lying. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm going to start talking about myself in third person at home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we could raise a whole generation of people. All right. Before we totally derail, uh, Pauline, we'd like to ask you the question we ask all our guests, which is, who lives in your house? In my house, I have um, myself, obviously. Um, <laughs> Or herself, when we're talking in third person. Um, <laughs> we've got the husband, who is my significant other and professional social media ninja. Um, his face is never shown, and he is only referred to as the husband. Uh, we also have uh, Eliana Mercedes, 
um, just call her Ellie or Eliana. She's my, my mini me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, she'd be mad if I didn't plug her too. She's got her own blog called aspiringeliana.com and she chose the blog title and I was like, Oh, I love you too, baby. Um, <laughs> And then we've got two dogs. You have a new memoir that is out, and it is called Baby Fat. And it, it, it it's about several things, but I think the biggest thing it's about is uh, your journey with body image, especially post-baby body image. And I was hoping you could talk to us a little bit about uh, what led to the memoir. Let's start there. Let's start there. What, what made you decide you wanted to, to write about this? Um... Well, the I had this like epiphany when my kid was blowing out her candles on her second birthday cake, and I was like, "Oh, my baby's growing up, and oh, sniff, sniff, and she's going to be at college tomorrow." And holy shit, I two years, and I'm still wearing the same fucking yoga pants that I was wearing the day I left the hospital, you know, with her. Um, and all I could think was that you know my socially acceptable pass on you know the baby weight had probably expired like six months ago, um, so. I figured, and I was already getting, you know, all the questions on, so when do you have the next one? Where are you going to have the next one? Because, you know, everybody thinks that they can need to be in your bedroom and in your business. And um, <laughs> I was, um, I had decided that, you know what? If I tell everybody about, you know, my, I'm going to go on a diet and I'm going to, like, lose X amount of pounds and I'm going to do it in a year, damn it, because I have to because, you know, I'm, I'm telling everybody about it online, so I got to. So I started my blog. Aspiring Mama, and the book on the same day. I bought the URL and everything. Um, and <laughs> no, pre- um, no pressure. No pressure at all. I'm just going to put my shit out there. Um, and um, I started, you know, trying to be this, just this, this a funny smartass. With just all, I mean, I, I naturally say things sarcastically, I guess, in a funny sort of way-ish um, automatically. But I was trying to, like, you know... Um, edit out the self-doubt and the this 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 didn't work and that didn't work and whatever and then I kind of remembered yeah that that that's not good writing and um <laughs> I I started you know actually putting in the ups and the downs and everything but the the actual start was Eliana blowing out the candles on her second birthday and me, me looking down going shit I still can't see my feet so you put out there to the universe Hey guys, I'm gonna do all this. No pressure. I'm gonna write a book about it. About the URL. Uh, that part of it was super easy to do. How did the journey go? Because I, I feel that a big challenge for many people is the challenge is not saying that you're ready to start doing something, and the challenge isn't always being maybe clear about why you're you're starting the challenge for yourself. You know what I mean? Like I feel like with journeys like this, what you your reasoning behind starting out with wanting to do this and uh-huh. what you discover at the end of your journey or you never reach the end of the journey uh begins to really differ. And um I I, I was I'm wondering I guess what what was your experience with this process? I mean, was it worth um, putting it out there like this? Did it, I mean, did that it, prove to be it, a motivator? It was, it was, well, it was supposed to be my, um, what's that word, accountability. It was supposed to be my accountability because um, I'm, um, it, it might sound, you might not believe this, but I'm not actually like 
if I can write, I, I, I will write first. I can I communicate by writing. I, 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 I that's what I do first. So, um, you know, if I um, need to talk about something, um, like this, there are to- there are topics that I've touched on briefly in in my blog posts and in essays and stuff. That um, if I were asked to speak about tomorrow. I probably would say no because I haven't like written about them enough for me to own it yet, and me to be okay like verbally speaking it. I have mm-hmm. to transmit and translate and communicate my ideas first with the written word enough times that I'm comfortable enough saying this stuff out loud. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I, I started talking about um, body image and my and, and, and weight and realizing how um, tied. Uh, how how I had how I tied happiness and self worth to the number on the scale, um, and how that was really 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 fucking me up. Yeah. Um, you know I have I have a history of eating disorders. Um, I'm um, you know I'm always going to have body image issues because of it. What I started out with was the you know family prime time comedic special. Um, <laughs> funny funny ha ha laugh track. Right. Uh, and what I ended up with was. Damn. Okay. So she so she figured it out. <laughs> you know, I mean, I I, I didn't exactly um, I, I didn't exactly you know hit my magic number. You know, I I, I stopped using this. I got rid of a scale, and um, I realized that I I, I was self sabotaging every time I would get on a scale um, because if the number didn't match what you know the the effort that I had put into uh, weight loss or fitness uh, or health in general that that week. Um, well, fuck it. It didn't work. So, um, why am I bothering to try? Where's the Ben and Jerry's? In my, in my mental state, how, no matter how good I felt about myself, that was completely mixed and put aside for the number on the scale. And that's not a healthy thing to do for me or anyone else. So I started out being, um, a smart ass and I ended up being, um, a more enlightened smart ass. <laughs> a smarter smart ass, as it were. <laughs> well, you touched on yeah. something that I think, I think hits home for. I, I, I'm not sure that once you have a baby, anybody looks at their body the same as they did before they had a oh, baby, no. and no one oh, prepares no. you for. No one really that, prepares you for any of the changes that you go through after having see, a baby, or even starting having like the pregnancy. Like your body yeah. literally goes from whatever your normal was to something completely out of your control to something you thought. In like nine months. Yeah, and then yeah, you're supposed to be back to normal, whatever that fucking is. But even though your whole body got totally rearranged. <laughs> literally <laughs> rearranged inside of you, and yet you have this expectation of putting on your fucking jeans six months later, right? Like, it is, there are so many elements that, that don't go into it, and I wonder, for for you, what was the hardest thing to come to grips with in terms of coming to peace with your body image right after having that baby? Okay. The hardest thing was figuring out that... um Honestly, if I don't love where I am right this second, who I am, where I am, what I am right this very second, um, I am not going to feel worthy of the effort it takes to put into reaching my version of healthy. Hmm. And that even 
because of various health issues that I have, I have a, I'm hypothyroid, I have PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, I'm insulin resistant. Um, any one of which makes it nearly impossible to lose weight and right. super easy to gain it. All together, you're basically like, hi, look, the trifecta of bullshit. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, so like, I, you know, I, I could probably, I could bust my ass every single day for the rest of my life and maybe never get to, you know, whatever my, you know, my imagined goal in my head. But is, is it the goal? You know, what, what, that, that's where I have to redefine my, my goal, which is, is it the number? Or is it feeling good about myself and continuing to do what makes me feel good and happy about myself, um, regardless of where, where of ever reaching the finish line? Um, so um, that was that that was my biggest issue was just figuring out that if I'm not happy now, I'm not going to be happy later. Now you have a daughter, uh, and yep. you have spoken about your own history of body image issues and eating disorders. And there are a million things once you have a kid that you worry about for them, especially if you personally have gone through something. We each have that mm-hmm. in our closet, whatever it is. You participated in a project called the Fourth Trimester Bodies Project, uh, which is a collection of photos celebrating basically the the beauty of women's bodies uh, after having babies uh, yeah. and after having children. And uh, this has been a really big movement. Let, let's photograph ourselves. Let's, you know, celebrate this. Let's look at this as beauty and not as, you know, anything other than that. And you did this with your daughter. Uh, I, I got to say, it, it brings up two, it brings up, it, it is very much a put your money where your mouth is. You have written this book about body image. You've said you're okay with yourself for the most, you know, as, as well as you can be. Now you've got to go get basically almost nude in front of a camera. <laughs> so it's a real test. And you're going to do this with your daughter. And I I really would love for you to talk about that experience and what this journey for you has been like in terms of your daughter and the journey you want her to have. Um, well, I can tell you, um, she's the reason I'm doing pretty much everything that I do. Um, it, I've told people before, and, and, and it, it's only, it only becomes truer every day that she becomes more and more aware of the world outside of the tiny little bubble that we all happen to live in. Um, and um, you know, my todays are her tomorrows. Everything I say um, is she's a kid. I'm her mom. She's going to listen to 50% of it. And, you know, the other half is going to be this, like, nodding her head just, talk, just, just so I can, you know, keep talking and think she listens, and she's going to just go on and do what she wants to do anyway. Um, and the rest of it is going to be internalizing what she sees. So, uh, and I know this because I I grew up doing that. Um, I grew up internalizing all the conversations from my family members um, who were, of course, not doing anything purposely to, you know, fuck up the next generation. Um, it was just um, it, something that they didn't realize I was, I was zeroing in on every time they would um, criticize themselves or criticize someone else or identify someone, you know, you know, right. or, you know, so-and-so is the one that lost five pounds or, you know, so-and-so is the one that's not a ton of weight or what, why is she wearing that in public? Right. Um, and um, I'm also Mexican-American. I grew up watching a lot of movies on the Spanish language television shows. And let me tell you, <laughs> there is no filter when it comes to, um, you know, body-appropriate stuff for kids on TV. <laughs> uh, the, the, the show might be awesome, but the commercial is all about, hey, you want to lose 10 pounds and be sexier for your man? Um, so, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a giant mind mess. Um, and 
you know, for the picture, the, the photo project, um, yeah, it's put your money where your mouth is. And I definitely wanted to put my money, you know, someplace else because I, I, I talk about, it's easy to talk about it. It's so easy. Well, you know, once you get going, it's so easy to talk about, but it's so much harder to do. And, um, I was secretly hoping that the shoot almost got got, got rescheduled and Canton <laughs> pushed back and um, it didn't get canceled. And um, I'm actually glad that it didn't because I, I figured out very recently that um, everything happens for a reason. And if I don't start actually, because I say it, I tell everybody else, it's so love yourself now, love who you are now. I, I'm not pretending that I'm fixed because I'm not, I never will be. It's right. a daily struggle. Um, it's a daily, you know, thing, a daily reminder. And I need to, I need to actively practice, preach and live, um, what I'm saying to and for others because my daughter is watching me. And unless I want to guarantee the reason she ends up on the therapist's couch, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in 10 years, uh, is because of food and body related issues then I need to do my absolute damnedest to try to steer her in the right direction by showing her that I love me now because and, and telling her that I love me now. Because otherwise, that mean voice, that mean girl's voice in your head that tells you that you should lose five pounds and what the hell happens to your waistline and oh right. my God, you know, that, that, that voice in her head in the future is going to be mine. And I don't want to be responsible for that. I want to be responsible for helping her build the world's strongest foundation that I possibly can help her build so that she is always as sassy and confident and um, self-assured as she is now. And honestly, this is why I think Baby Fat isn't isn't just a book for moms because the takeaway is more um, if you've ever had a reason to doubt yourself, um, it's if you know, related to weight, weight or body image. If you ever looked in the mirror and thought, "I, I, I, I hate what I see," um, whether or not you have kids, the the takeaway is still there. You need to love yourself now, and you need to take care of yourself now and find your version of healthy and focus on the mental health first. Because once you fix the mental mess or get yourself to a point where the mental mess is, you know, it's there but it's not ruling your world then the rest of it kind of falls into place. Pauline, I just want to say we could talk to you for 18 more hours about much more than just this, but I really want you to know how much we appreciate that you came on to talk to us about this specific issue uh, because it's incredibly important and I think incredibly relatable to everybody with or without kids. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I, we want to thank you for coming on uh, and thank you for writing this memoir. Uh, it uh, We're going to link everybody up to where they can get the book, to Aspiring Mama, as well as to the to your blog post about the fourth trimester project as you participated in it, and uh, basically all the other places they can find you, because this is just one of a million things that you are actively involved in, uh, and and I really hope our listeners will get to know you. And I think we probably will have you back on, because there are a few things we didn't get a chance to talk to you about today that I know we want to. Pauline, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. I had a great time and looking forward to coming back. Excellent. Thank you so much. And we will we will talk to you soon. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. You make me sing, ooh, la, la, la. You make a girl go, ooh, I'm in love, love, 
Yeah. I know. That was awesome. Yeah, she's really cool. I really like her. I like I like how focused she is uh, without being unrealistic about what that journey is and oh, what this yeah. whole process is. I so appreciate like when we have people on the show who are like like I don't know how else to say it, but like look I'm actively flawed <laughs> and trying like that's right. part of my thing yeah. and it's like a thing and it's it's one thing to feel that way in life and it's another thing to put that out there and I think we Biz and Teresa challenge ourselves to do that every week yeah. with our fail segment it's sort of like built in because it is a good way to just like bring us into real like keep us in reality yeah. I guess I should say which is that like yes we are all Flawed. Totally flawed yeah. all the time. And like nobody has a clear answer. And like I think so much of, you know, especially when people like write books or put albums yeah. out or, you know, even just bloggers or, you know, people in the public eye, there is this sense from the media that there has to be something that this person has like really solved. Like right. this person has like really figured something out that we want to learn from. And like <laughs> that's all well and good. Like we do yeah. want people to have figured something out, but like it's also so <laughs> valuable to see people in the process of yes. figuring things out. Yes. That is so valuable to me. And it is an amazing example for your children. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit more of that in the wrap-up, I think. But okay. right now, another amazing example for your children <laughs> is to see their mom having a total breakdown. Yep. Let's have ourselves a little mom breakdown. All right. Hey, Biz and Teresa. I'm calling, I think this is a genius, um, and it might also be a rant. It's a rant, um, guys. My <laughs> son is, will be one year in one week, and... For the past, like, two months, he has been waking up early, like, sometimes, like, 4.45, sometimes 5 o'clock, sometimes 4.30. Anyway, and we have all of the books, all of the books, and um, they all contradict each other about what to do about early morning wakings and... My husband's very sweet, well-intentioned, and he photocopied the pages about early risings and highlighted the sections and said that we just have to wait until 6 a.m. And no matter what, he cried it out at night, at bedtime, and now we have to cry it out in the morning, and he just has to learn. And so for the past, like, two months, I have been lying in bed, starting my day, listening to my baby scream for sometimes an hour, sometimes an hour and a half. And everything in my body has been telling me that it is wrong and it's horrible. But then the books tell us to do it, so we're doing it. And then finally, I was like, this is terrible. This is a terrible way to start the day. I can't do this anymore. Whatever. Eventually, he will not wake up at 4.30 in the morning when he's in college. <laughs> I'm not ruining him if I go in at 5.30. And so ever since then, I'm probably jinxing myself now, but ever since I said that, he sleeps until about 6 in the morning. <laughs> and sometimes he wakes up at 5 and does a little walk and then goes right back to sleep. And it's so much better. And it's just a very much nicer way to start the day. And I said, fuck the books, because they don't know my baby. I know my baby. And... After almost a year, 
I feel that that is the strategy I'm going with from here on out. <laughs> um, thanks so much. Love the show. Bye-bye. Yeah! Wait, I'm so confused about the takeaway. I thought the takeaway was that she, the minute she decided to change her mind, yeah. the book started working and he started sleeping oh, no. till six. The moment she the changed moment, her so mind. The moment she did start going in earlier. Yeah, she started going in a little And then he started sleeping Well, I'm not six. sure. I gotta say, I think, okay. I think the takeaway is that she just put out to the universe, fuck this shit. Yeah. I'm gonna go in and take care of my baby. And the moment she had herself totally anticipated to go in and yeah. take care of the baby, he just started sleeping. Yeah. Because the the big takeaway from this rant, which is like, I, I think Teresa and I both spent most of this show on this exact call uh-huh. with sleep, is that it fucking changes. And yeah. the moment you, you get it wrapped up yeah, so much in so your head, true. I have to fix this thing. Yeah. And then it totally works itself out. It's not forever. It may be 18 years, but it's not for <laughs> fucking ever. They suddenly... we. The moment we let go of the control yeah. of like, I can remember with Katie Bell, it was like, she's got to get out of the sweeps. Like, I mean, we got to stop swaddling her. When are we going to stop swaddling? Uh, uh, we should start doing it now. <laughs> and then she just like did it herself. Like, you know, every time I tried to put the pressure on, it's time to get rid of the bottles. The books tell me I shouldn't be feeding him. I will feed Ellis that bottle until he is 18. Because it was the only quiet time we get in that house, he and I. But maybe like, 10? All right, fine, maybe Eight? 10. I don't give. I want to see a picture of me on Time magazine. Like bottle feeding my kid. (laughs) Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, You are doing such a good job. Yes, you are. And your universal mojo has totally fixed it. Yep. So good job. And I hope it will also fix our problems, too. I hope it fixes. Because that sounds like some good universal mojo. It does. I fucking fuck the books. I love it. I think it was the books that worked. Anyways, go on. No, I don't. I think it was telling the universe. Uh, All right. Good job. Good job. Uh, Okay. What did we learn today? We learned that the universe is a cruel place to be. (laughs) (laughs) No, we learned a couple of things. We learned that we we all need sleep. (laughs) That's right. We learned that we all need sleep. All of us. In order to survive. And whatever it takes to get there is totally viable. (laughs) That's the sleep book we keep talking about making. Mm -hmm. The sleep book. Is it working? Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Uh, So we all need sleep. It's incredibly valuable for our mental health. We also learn school lunches. Who gives a shit? (laughs) 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 This one we have to take off the table, guys. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't yeah. want to see another fucking article about what you are or aren't doing mm. with your lunches or how cafeteria food is the worst or what you're sending is the worst or it's the best or it's better than or whatever. Who cares? This is the one thing we should all be able to agree on that should never come up as a judgy or guilt-laden thing. Ever. Let's just agree on that. Can we I'm agree so on that? with you on that. Let's I really on like that this. One. Yeah. The moment you start feeling bad about school lunches, be like, oh, wait, this one's a bullshit one. I'll go focus my attention back on my child's sleep issues. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Which is really, when it comes down to it, the only one that actually That's matters. The because it's affecting you yeah. so greatly. Yeah. Uh, so I call it bullshit on lunches. Let's okay. go in our bullshit file right okay. next to mom wars. All right. Uh, mommy wars. Fucking hate mommy. that. Fucking ruins mommy for everything uh, for me. Okay. We also learned that Pauline Campos is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. She is clearly my spirit animal. 
She's great. She's amazing. Uh, and that, once again, there's the issue. There are so many issues related to having children that we just do not talk about enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when the conversation comes up about things like body image or just any of the things that we go through after having kids, it's always spun with such, like, uh, heavy, heavy hand. Mm-hmm. Ten things you're not doing to lose the weight after a baby. Ten things you should be doing to lose the weight after having a baby. Ten things you should be doing here. Ten things you're not doing here. Everything is hard. Like, we address our images and our issues of post-baby like a like a, like clickbait mm-hmm. now, as opposed to really, as a society, sitting down and saying, you know, we're looking at this wrong. <laughs> we should be celebrating our bodies after having a baby. We should be working on getting to that place where we feel good about ourselves mentally so that anything else we want to be better at or be better about or change in our lives to make ourselves better for ourselves, not for the people around us, unless you're just a total asshole and you want to make yourself not an asshole because that would, in fact, be better for the people around mm-hmm. you. But everything else, it, it's about your own journey, and we should be helping each other get there. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 we recommend the book. We recommend uh, checking out more about Pauline, and we recommend stop clicking on clickbait, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Big one. Jesus Christ. To remember. Hide it, that shit if from your newsfeed, too. If it says 10 things, just yeah. quick. Yeah. Quick, go look up cats being scared of cucumbers. I just saw it yesterday, and I have not stopped laughing until uh, now. Cats, that sounds really good. Cats being scared of cucumbers. It's fucking amazing. Teresa? Yeah. You are doing an excellent job. Way to go. Keeping it together. Thank you, yeah. Biz. Because I know how difficult that is. Wow. Thank you so much. Um, um, yeah. And you're doing a great job, too. Thank you. Yeah. Everybody out there? You're all doing a fucking great job. Yeah, good job, you guys. This Seriously. It's really difficult. It really is. It really in fact Objectively. Is. Yes. You know? It is very hard. <laughs> so hard, guys. <laughs> and you're doing it. You know who else is doing a great job? Who? Who we don't ever recognize. No. Our yeah. amazing engineer, Ibarian X Perello, yes. who is the fellow, the production fellow at Maximum Fun. He mostly works on Bullseye, but he does engineer our show a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And he does a great job, and we are grateful to him. And we have been too lazy to change our wrap-up at the end of our show yeah, that's to still address him Lindsay. as such. Yeah. And this guy... Uh, came in. I think his very first episode he ever edited us yeah. was, I believe, the miscarriage. It was, show, guys. Yeah. So, and uh, he handled it. He nailed it. Yeah. He nailed it, and he he still uh, speaks with us. Yeah. Which is a big deal. Yeah. So yes, a big thank you to you, everybody. You're doing a great job. Yeah. And we're going to talk to you guys next week. Yep. So look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> Hang in there. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. 
We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, bussin' by, not throw down mama through. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bussin' by, not throw down mama through. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.